is Nature's Edge. My name is Dale Stewart, and welcome to the show. We've got an interesting guest today. We're going to talk about indigenous people uh, with uh, Miss Monica. Uh, I forgot your middle name, Monica <laughs> Arrington Pontoon. Ponton. Ponton. I knew it was one of those things. I, I just I went blank there for a minute. Uh, Monica is a member of the Tiano and is a ro- enrolled member uh, of the United Confederation of Tiano People. Uh, Puerto Rico, is that the main? Puerto Rico, known as Barincan, yeah, to Barincan. our people. And uh, she is the, uh, the eldest of her family. She's a mother. She's a grandmother. And, uh, and and just a, an all-around great lady who I've had the privilege of knowing and, and working with for a number of years. And uh, Monica is, is really over the last few years kind of become a spokesperson, if you will, for indigenous issues and uh, especially indigenous women's issues. And we're going to talk a lot about that today, but we're also going to talk about just indigenous people uh, – as a whole. And Monica, I guess right off the bat, let's just say, what is an indigenous person? Well, Takahi, I would say in my language to you, Dale, and to all the listeners out there. An indigenous person is someone who is from their homeland, uh, whether it's here in North America or South America, anywhere across the continent, United States, all over the world. Um, someone who knows who they are, where they come from, uh, where their roots are from, um, that understand their heritage, their lineage, and um, where their bloodline lies. They're really the, uh, the original people of an area. Original I mean, people. In North America, it would be the American Indian. Correct? Yes. Yeah. And uh, uh, so what does it mean, uh, Monica, to you to be an indigenous woman? I know that's something that's near and dear to your heart. Well, for me, to be an indigenous woman is someone who um, understands, again, where I come from, Uh, know my family, know my strength, but also know my history and ask a lot of questions about where I have come from and understand my language because language gives you strength. When you understand your language, it gives you that strength. So being an indigenous woman, in, for me, is knowing my place and being able to work with other people and about learning about who they are also. Have a lot of the, I guess, the, the North American indigenous people, but I, as you know, Mike, I've lived with indigenous tribes on, on six different continents, and, and I would say this is true for most of them, that... Uh, um, Early on, especially going back, most of the indigenous tribes were were matriarchal. In other words, the the women were in charge. And uh, to the best of my knowledge, there's only a few places still, maybe in Southeast Asia and Thailand, uh, Vietnam. Some of the indigenous cultures there still have that that lineage. But for the for a large part, that's that's no longer true. Correct. That is true. Um, what we're finding out is though that uh, the women are coming back and uh, taking their place back in society. Uh, The matriarchal society is uh, coming stronger. Uh, This starts within the family. And this is women with women and counseling women on understanding where they stand in the family. Being part of the matriarchal society or being a matriarch of that family is someone who knows 
how to deal with family issues. Being uh, an indigenous person, to understand what their roles are to be play. Um, the matriarchal society in itself has roles. Uh, there is women's roles. There's also men's roles and children's roles. And that has been confused by the colonization of the Europeans coming. The, uh, so that, that when the European uh, um, invasion, if you will, occurred, particularly in North America, um, that was really sort of the, the, the thing that changed that lineage uh, the most, right? Yes. Yes, it did. It brought on um, where they saw, especially uh, the men saw, how the women that came with Europeans were treated. They kind of liked that, but then it also brought in the religious aspect because, again, it was bringing um, subservient uh, thought patterns um, along with do it this way or you will be killed or put to death or you'll be enslaved. So that also, all these played into it along with the alcoholism that played into this. So when you see the whole aspects of what happened to the society as a whole, indigenous society as a whole, um, it destroyed um, the people and understanding how the they work, the society in itself. And that, and that uh, again, that destruction really started uh, with somebody I know is near and dear to your heart uh, when Columbus actually landed on the shores of, of, uh, of, of your, uh, your people's land. Yes. Um, 1492, Sailing the Ocean Blue, that is not a, a rhyme that we care to hear. And, yes, he came among my people, the Tainos, and uh, with that he brought in uh, greed and um, also slavery and uh, destroyed. He didn't wipe us out, but he came pretty close. And along with that, with this, uh, brought introduced uh, what you call the pigs and the horses and the war dogs. So it did a lot of damage, and along that with the priests and uh, burning at the stakes and hanging, and uh, it went for all for gold. Yeah. And, all uh, for gold. And there was uh, in slavery as well, correct? Yes. The, the people. Now, who was the, um, and that was, that was in uh, Espanol, the Dominican Republic, where you searched, but what about, uh, who, who was the main culprit in Puerto Rico? Uh, Ponce de Leon. And uh, he was looking for gold. If you understand where Barincan what we, what a lot of people know as Puerto Rico is, it's a small island, uh, very mountainous. With, of course, it's surrounded by water, and then you have smaller islands on the outside of it. One known as to us as Bihique, another one's known as Mona, and Vequez, which is the, another island that they did testing of um, native. Uh, the natives did uh, naval bases did testing, um, looking for gold. And enslaved, and Aquabana, one of our uh, most known caciques, known as a chief, came forward, and uh, we were able to pretty much keep our people together. Now that now the um, the Tianos, they have they're they're different 
are there different tribes within? Explain that to me, how that works. Well, the Caribbean islands, um, if you look at a map and you notice many Caribbean islands, Jamaica, Cuba, uh, Haiti, and also Dominican Republic, which is known together. Then you have uh, Trinidad, Tobago, and Aruba. These were all uh, covered with uh, Tainos or what was known as airwax. And then you also have at the lower end of the Caribbean islands, you have the Caribs. And these islands were um, basically uh, taken over by uh, Spanish conquistadors, uh, were landed upon and looking for gold. And uh, each island did have their own language, which was uh, Arawakan-based language uh, with a slight twist, just like with any other language. Um, they have an inflection, but it would be uh, known as the Arawakan language, or in our case, Taino language. And as Tainos, we were known as a good and, no- good and noble people. The um, uh, We're talking with, uh, with Monica uh, Arrington, and, and Monica, uh, she's also known as, is it Mamona? Mamona Nauru. And what is that? Uh, well, Mamona means at, which is another word for Atabe. Which hold means, on to that thought, Monica. Okay. We're, we're going to be back just a minute. <laughs> I'm, I'm letting time run out listening to uh, this interesting story. This is Dale Stewart, and we shall return. <laughs> That's all right. Welcome back to Nature's Edge. This is Dale, and we are talking to our guest today, Miss Monica Ponton, 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 Ponton Arrington. And Monica is a enrolled member of the United Confederation of Tano People, and uh, she's also uh, been named. Is it Tequina? Tequina. Tequina, which is that's ceremony. That's a spiritual leader, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, to the to her people, and and that's was in recognition. For Monica's tireless uh, dedication to her people, she's written a bunch of articles about that. She speaks all over the place, and uh, if you get a chance to hear, I strongly recommend you do that. And we're talking about indigenous people as a whole. Um, and and Monica, I wanted to ask you another question. Uh, the uh, we talked a little bit about the destruction of the uh, indigenous society, their beliefs, and and their uh, uh, things that went on. But there was another thing that happened and particularly in the United States that uh, people are aware of, which also impacted, and that was the removal, right? Correct, correct. The removal um, happened, well, started in 1832, and uh, by the time it ended completely was 1839. A lot of people think it was 1838, but um, it started at New Echota, mm-hmm. which is the Cherokee capital. Know it well. And uh, one of our favorite places that we like to visit and spend time at, and um, force, being forced from your home by bayonets, um, your house being burned down while you're sleeping, while you're eating dinner, uh, not even having a chance to take your clothes, your shoes, um, everything taken away from you, your stock, your cows, your 
everything and forced to walk. And if you didn't leave, you were killed. And, and women that was, and children. Yeah, and that was known as a trail of tears. Yes. And, uh, and Monica and I are, are both privileged to serve on the board of directors at New Echota. Correct. And serve together, and it's a, it's a real honor for me to uh, to be a part of that, and I know it is for uh, for Monica as well. Um, Monica, let's talk a little bit about challenges that are facing indigenous people today. Well, um, jobs. <laughs> let's start with jobs. Uh, well, we can... It's such a large um, field out there, but uh, in today's, when you go out looking for a job and just finding uh, a place to live, finding a job, but uh, understanding how to go about looking for a job. But you also have to understand that you have uh, trauma in your life that plays a part in today's society, in, in your life. And that trauma can follow you where you're going and can uh, either help you or pull you back. Uh, being able to have some kind of uh, understanding of how to associate yourself with other people. If you're not used to dealing with people outside your immediate family, if you don't have social skills, and learning social skills, understanding how to uh, manage money. All these things play a part in today's society as a whole. Alcoholism, drug abuse, uh, diabetes, health care, all these are facing a lot of people, but especially with indigenous people. Uh, the processed foods do not help our people at all. We're not, our genetic makeup does not, we cannot process these foods. So this all plays a part in how we work in today's society and how we um, interact, with interact, yeah. interact with I, each other. You know, I'm going to ask you something uh, that uh, uh, racism, uh, is that still a part of, of the society uh, between whites and, and other cultures and, and indigenous people? Would you say it's there? Uh, very much so. Very much so. Um, I could only speak for myself. Yeah. And I will um, only speak for myself. Um, I face it even today. I faced it yesterday, the day before. Um, a good point is when you're trying to help a community or help a area and you come into a community they first thing they look at you and they say words like are you an engine or um oh you must be a squaw or um use those terms against you they might even use the n-word against you and then uh, when you uh, even when you're looking for a job and you're qualified and you're qualified Everything about you, you are 100% qualified, but because you don't have the right skin tone or the look that they're looking for, um, you face that. Well, um, I understand. Um, do you drink? Well, no. Um, do you like to party? Do you like to do drugs? These are questions that I've been asked um, outside the work field, but also on a personal level. And when this happens, I 
look at them like, um, why? Well, I heard Indians are drunks. Yeah, there, there's, there is that, that perception, I guess, that's out there. And, and those are all challenges, uh, uh, people that, that indigenous people and the Native American Indians still, still face in this country and, and around the world. And, and Monica, let's, I mean, we're talking in general here, but what specifically challenges do you see facing the um, indigenous women? Well, with indigenous women is um, they need to get back to the source. They need to get back to the basic understanding of family, what their role is in the family. Uh, they need to rethink that they have a voice. They are the heart of that family, of that home. They are the teachers. They are the the ones that uh, give strength to the family. And a lot of times they have forgotten where they stand. Working together with other indigenous women uh, of understanding that role. Uh, they need to get back to understanding how they are connected, not only to what we know as Mother Earth, but also to Father Sky and to other women in their family that they're all as a connection, that they need to trust each other and support each other, and that has been lost. Um, they need to get back to understanding their heritage, where they come from, what gave them the strength, what carried them forward. They have to recognize who and where and what made them who they are today and learn from those and uh, break those behavioral patterns that are detrimental to them and uh, come together with elders and grandmothers and uh, learn, going back to ceremony, women's ceremony, understanding their balance. They, they've lost their balance, and that's what we're working towards today. And that and that's been going on for a long time, but I, but also I would say even in the 1800s, when when especially the American Indians were taken off their land and taken out of their schools and put in white man schools, that all sort of led up to uh, kind of where that that mental uh, thought process is today for a lot of the indigenous. Correct. Correct. Which again, that's what you call historical trauma, and that trauma is alive and well today. Um, but women have to take responsibility for their actions, but also they can uh, lean on each other, and it, they need to search and seek out other women and support each other. And yes, it, it, that historical trauma of being told you can only speak the white man's language, you can only uh, do this, and that you have to be subservient to the white man's ways, and that the, even the religious aspects, you can only do it this way. Monica, we're going to take another little break. Uh, this is Dale Stewart with Nature's Edge, and we'll be back with our special guest, uh, Miss Monica Ponton Arrington, after these words.
Welcome back to Nature's Edge. This is Dale, and we are talking to Monica Ponton Arrington. Uh, Monica is a Tano uh, enrolled member of the United Confederation of Tano People. Uh, she's also a speaker. She's an educator. She's an artist. She's a mentor and a counselor, and we're going to talk a little about that a little later. Uh, and uh, she reaches out to, to help promote awareness of true Native American history, concerns, and issues, uh, even that are going on in uh, today's world. And she has traveled extensively representing uh, not only her people, but uh, indigenous people as a whole. And uh, we were talking a little bit about challenges facing uh, indigenous people and indigenous women. And uh, I'm going to throw something at you, Monica. I know you know a little bit about it. And, and uh, let's talk about the seven generations. Oh, one of my favorite subjects. Uh, seven generations. Responsibility. We have to work as people, as uh, indigenous people, as people across the world to make the world ready for the next seven generations. Um, Teaching, saving our planet, Uh, teaching our children the ways of uh, living, going back to the basic needs that we need, not the wants, the needs, Uh, understanding how to plant to grow, saving our waters, especially our waters, uh, saving because without water we cannot survive. Our trees cannot survive. Our animals cannot survive. Nothing can live without the water. But uh, we have to make it ready for the next seven generations. And that includes learning ceremonies, uh, learning how to work within a community, um, working in within a community, the children have to work together. It's not mine, 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 yours, yours, yours. It's ours as a whole. Sharing, come together. What happened to that? What happened to that? And we're trying as indigenous people is to bring back that to our children. We have to get it ready for the next seven generations or we don't have nothing left for them. And Monica, did, what role does the non-indigenous uh, play in that in, in that part? I mean, are, are you also when you when you talk about the community, are you also talking about the community outside of the, of the tribe? Oh yes, yes, very much so. Um, we just did a, a people from my tribe and several other tribes did a climate march in New York that was over forty thousand people. And it was to bring awareness. Uh, you had actors. You had congressmen. I mean, you had people from all over the world to bring awareness to our planet, to save our waters, to save the way of life. But what was so great about it is that so many indigenous tribes, so many people from all over the world came to New York and in in front of the UN and state, we've got to we got to save Mother Earth. We've got to save not just for us today, but for the next seven generations. Speaking of New York, I know in uh, in April, you and I both have been invited up to the United Nations, and I, I want you to talk about that a little bit. You're going to be up there two weeks. They just invited me for two days, but anyway. Uh, talk a little bit about what's going to go on in April at the UN. Well, it's the what we call the Indigenous Summit. And basically, it's having all the different uh, indigenous people coming together to work 
on issues concerning their country, their people, their government, but also pass laws on human rights as a whole, on indigenous human rights as human beings, self-determination being one of them, uh, and, uh, violence against uh, women, especially indigenous women. Um, and children. And children. Yeah. Um, there's no advocates outside the courts for women and children. They're always a court appointed. There's no one outside that understands on their level what they're going through. And that was that's one of my biggest pet peeves is that there's no one there to really advocate for them. It's always a court appointed person to speak to them or to advocate for them. Um, it does not help them because they're thinking a certain way. It's not another indigenous person. It's usually a non-indigenous person that's working with them. And they see, they have a mindset. I see it so many times. They have a certain mindset that, again, it goes back to that um, discrimination. It goes back to that discrimination. But the summit's going to be in April from the 19th until May 1st. And Tribal Link is one of our sponsors, and hopefully we could use donations towards Tribal Link on that. The, um, you're, you're, you're talking about whenever the issues come up like that. One of the things that I've found oftentimes is that um, the laws dealing with indigenous people um, are, are written by non-indigenous people. Correct. And very seldom, as, as you well know, uh, the indigenous people do not have a say in those rules and those laws that are being written about them. And when it does go to, if it does go to a court or something, it's the white man's court, if you will. And and generally, they don't seem to spend the time understanding the culture and understanding where where the indigenous people and your people are coming from. Am I right on that? No, you're correct. A lot of times when uh, and that's we're trying to change that. We're getting to the point that we're getting, we're seeing more indigenous people coming to the indigenous summit that are not government appointed. Correct. That it's actually the people themselves that are sending the people coming in, not the uh, the colonized people that have come in. Which we, you know, if you know anything about the country, uh, anywhere in the world, um, the Spanish, the English, the French. Are you know they colonized a lot of the a lot of these worlds, you know these countries, and this is what they send to uh, government officials to these indigenous summits, and they're there for their government and not for the people. That kind of leads into my next question. I want to talk a little bit about what do you see, Monica, as some of the key issues uh, uh, that need to be addressed or considered today when we're discussing. Uh, uh, gender and, and indigenous uh, peoples? And I know that's a broad question. Yes. Because <laughs> there are a lot of issues. Uh, if you're talking about uh, gender in itself, it's it's a very broad question. Um, well, let's, let's look at this. What, what, um, what do you think is the main, and you, you touched on it a little bit earlier, but uh, let's, let's drop back on to... Uh, to the women's issues, um, what do you see as the sort of the main hurdles, if you will, that, that the indigenous women have got to 
got to get over uh, to 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 reassume uh, their place in the in the tribes and in the in the culture. Well, uh, for most women, um, and I see it today, even today, is um, they do not need to tolerate um, verbal abuse, physical abuse. Um, once you've been hit, if you get hit again, a man's going to keep hitting. Once you've been cussed at and you've been, you will constantly be, you've, you've got to draw a line. Um, and the fact that uh, women need to take the role, they need to, and it's hard. It's very hard for them to take that Easier role back. Easier said than done. Easier said than done. And it's a lot to, to kind of absorb in a, in a session. But uh, start off with saying, you know, I'm going to take my place as your equal not below you, not above you, but beside you. Um, yeah, that's been said more than ways in one, you know. Uh, and, and taking that, and taking responsibility. And taking responsibility for your actions. Monica, we're going to talk a little more about those issues uh, following this break. This is Dale Stewart, and you're listening to Nature's Edge. Welcome back. You got Dale on the radio, and this is Nature's Edge. Our guest today, uh, Miss Monica Ponton Arrington. Uh, Monica is uh, is a member of the uh, United Confederation of Tano People, and she serves as a southeastern regional representative for her people. Uh, eldest of her of her family, she's also a speaker, an educator, and. Uh, a well-traveled individual who speaks often not only about her own tribe but about indigenous people um, uh, and and particularly indigenous women and and uh, really the status of indigenous women differs from from one community and from one tribe to another but they all have similarities correct monica correct i mean they they they're all faced with with sort of the same issues regardless of of what what continent they're from yeah um, again, it goes back to colonization and uh, mindset and the trauma that each country has faced. And when you talk about colonization, you're really talking about the Europeans coming primarily to, to the United States or Correct. to North America. Correct. Uh, the fact that uh, when they came, they also brought their uh, belief system and uh, forced it, forced it on uh, the indigenous people. Here in North America. Well, yeah, I mean, they they refused uh, you to speak your language. They took away your culture. They they tried to force their uh, religious beliefs on you. Uh, and transplanted us. And transplanted you. That's that's exactly right. And that that's happened not just in the United States. It it's happened in other parts of the world, and it, it is still going on. I mean, there there's a similar um, thing to to the Trail of Tears going on right now in in. Uh, South Africa with with the Bushman tribe, where they're being removed because the uh, uh, they have found uh, diamonds and other minerals on their land. So guess who's losing out? 
Yeah. And, and you know that. Mind we were talking about issues that are, that are facing uh, 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 women today, uh, particularly indigenous women. And uh, I, I did want you to talk a little bit more on sort of the, you know, what, what needs to be done, not only by the, by the individual uh, nations, if you will, indigenous nations, but, but by the, uh, the European or the white man. To, to, is there anything that we can do? To help with that situation, or is it, or is it a, is it a purely an indigenous problem? No, it's not an indigenous problem. Um, when you're talking about women in general, and I don't want to use uh, it's a broad term as in general, but violence against women, and there is a violence against women act that is out there now, but it seems to affect a lot of indigenous women that uh, is just kind of pushed under the rug. Uh, there are hundreds and hundreds of indigenous women that every day disappear, uh, especially in Canada um, and across the world, actually. We have those girls that disappeared uh, from school. In Africa. In Africa. Mm-hmm. And uh, the rape, uh, the mutilation of these uh, young girls, of these women, and the treatment of women in general, um, the fact that there is the women don't have no rights even today, um, especially across the world in itself. Uh, a lot of them still have to hide their faces. Um, if they have a certain belief system, they can be put in jail, put to death, stoned. Uh, they can get their tongues cut out, uh, their hands cut off. Uh, they can basically just dot be put to death hung and that still happens today violence against women's act that is going on right now here and especially in the united states and in canada um what what brings that to the forefront for uh indigenous women is that if a indigenous women gets raped on the reservation so to speak by a non-indigenous man it's taken outside the reservation to a court system that is government outside the reservation, all right? If an indigenous man rapes a non-indigenous woman, it's still outside the reservation. So you still have that discrimination. You still have that where where's the rights for the women themselves, but let alone the rights for indigenous women. Either way, the man, 99.9%, gets off with the hand slapped, and, well, uh, we've heard everything. Well, we won't have a fair trial on a, in an indigenous court. Well, what gives? What thinks you would make it right for an indigenous man to have a fair trial in a white man's court? And this is some of the things that we face today. And that I would like to, to, to think that that's getting better, Monica, but in some cases it's not, is it? It's no. Still, it's still a major problem. I know uh, uh, issues with uh, adopting indigenous kids is, is still uh, a real issue, and, and we've had cases here in the United States where that, uh, that issue has, again, been taken out of the tribe's hand and, and put, again, for a better word, into the white man's courts. Yes, even today there's still children that are taken from their parents, um, indigenous families, and instead of trying to place them within the tribe with another indigenous family, they are placed outside 
the tribal area with a non-Indigenous family and even adopted out where they lose their identity, their cultural ways. And it has affected a lot of these children because they know they're different. Yeah, they see again, it. Yeah, and again, that, that's a perception, I think, by, by this society that, uh, that, that the non-Indigenous people know what's best for that child as opposed to the, the tribe itself. And that's a problem. Yes, it is, uh, especially when it comes to ceremonies. I've seen so many cases where grown men have come up and have asked, you know, I was adopted out, but I knew I was different and has faced abuse on uh, in their own selves, within themselves, drug abuse, so forth. And then they found their families, and they are happier. They find that peace. They found that missing link because it's what we call ancestral memory, uh, blood ancestral memory. There's different terms, but we know who we are, and we, we're just trying to come back home. I, you know, and, and the role of indigenous women as custodians of, of their culture and their language and their beliefs, uh, I know that's something that you think very uh, a great deal about and also uh, advocate strongly uh, with other indigenous women. And, and are you seeing some success there? Yes, um, and so many levels. The women themselves are teaching their children the language. Uh, they're taking them to water. They're taking them to ceremonies. They're learning how to speak the language. A lot of women today are going back to school, to immersion schools, to learn the language. In the case of my tribe alone, uh, we thought we lost our language, and we're still learning our language. And a lot of our language is uh, Arawak and base, so, uh, but with different inflections. So... What might have been said and now known as Jamaica was might not have been said in what is now known as Puerto Rico. So trying to get back to the basics of the inflection and how to pronounce these words is what um, even today all indigenous people are learning. I know, Monica, when you speak to uh, colleges and universities and to other, other groups, uh, you often open your program with some of your language. Could you kind of... Say how you start your program. All uh, right. I would say, Dakahi Guatiao, Mabrike, Mabrike, Daka Mamona Naru, Daka Mamona Taino, Bomotom, Bomotom, Ha Home, Ha Home. And what does that mean, Monica? Uh, what I just said is greetings, relatives. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I am Mamona Naru. I am Taino. Bless you for coming. Bless you for coming. Thank you. Thank you. It has been a real pleasure to have my friend uh, Monica here with us today and to share uh, uh, some of her ancestries. And thank you so much, Monica. You're listening to Nature's Edge. And until next time, my friends, I hope to see you in the wild. <laughs>